doesn't start tomorrow, technically. It doesn't start till tomorrow at 4 p.m., but half the free agents have already agreed to contract. It's been announced. It's done and dusted. Free agents agreed to deals as soon as the legal tampering period started, and the immediacy thereof suggests that illegally tampering had been going on for quite some time. The NFL writes its own rules and then breaks them constantly. Why not just say free agency starts the second the Super Bowl ends? Maybe even at halftime if you're not playing in the game. At least that'd be honest. So hey, NFL and NFL free agency, guess what? You just made the list! I feel a certain nobility regarding running the Jericho Compton clock all day till Juju signs. It's annoying, it irritates me, it's probably cost me listeners, but I just think it's the right thing to do. What do you think? Tweet me at Mark Madden X. And uh, Juju, blame him, because he still has not agreed to a deal. I thought he would long since be committed, given the way free agency's playing out. Gee, I hope everything's okay. It's like when you're a kid and you're late for curfew and your mom immediately assumes you've been killed in a car wreck. Well, I'd always assume that. 412-333-WXDX. Penguins with the big win last night. Somebody in Pittsburgh say something about getting fired up. We got the Hockey Night Show at 5.30. We got all the action between the Penguins and Bruins. Second leg at PPG Paints Arena tonight right here on the X. As I mentioned a moment ago, Jari won the game last night in the first period. Stood on his head. 19 saves in that 20-minute span. And otherwise, the formula was real familiar. Sid got three points. Gino got two points. Rinse and repeat. But how often can they repeat at 34 and 33? The Penguins are now a pretty solid third place in the East. Five points ahead of Boston, six points ahead of Philadelphia. I thought those two would be fighting for first place in the division, and now they're fighting tooth and nail with plenty of games left for the last playoff spot. Uh, Penguins still got to start putting together 60 minutes on a more regular basis. To me, they are a team that has flaws, but that's six wins in a row. And there's no denying six wins in a row. I'm really impressed with Jari. He's put the bad start behind him. So is Evgeny Malkin. But you know who the Penguins' best player is right now, don't you? You know who the Penguins' best player has been during this six-game win streak? You know who has been the biggest catalyst as they've surged to third place and are within striking distance of first place. You know who the Penguins' best player is right now is Chris Letang. And if you don't think he is, tell me who is and tell me why he isn't. But the numbers don't lie and they spell disaster for you at sacrifice. Letang in his last 10 games, three goals, six assists, he's plus 12. He's played more than 25 minutes five times in those 10 games. He was a plus player in eight of those 10 games, and the Penguins won eight of those 10 games. Over those last 10 games, Latang hasn't just been the Penguins' best defenseman. He's been the Penguins' best player. Uh, here's the butcher's bill for Steelers' free agency. Dupree gone, Filer gone, Alualu gone, Hilton gone, Vince Williams gone. Cut. 
Cam Sutton retained, and Zach Banner retained. Zach Banner for a two-year deal worth $9.5 million, signing bonus of $3.25. Cabaldi says it's a good deal. I don't see how it can be. I don't see how handing a guy who started two games in the league a $3.25 million signing bonus could be a good decision. Oh, you just don't like Zach Banner. Yeah, the Cleveland Browns didn't either. They were 0-16 and they cut him. But the Steelers know everything. Let's hope it works out. Let's hope that at least Zach Banner can last more than one game this coming year. That would be a step in the right direction. Aditi Kinkabwala, who's such a mark, she tweets about Zach Banner. Isn't it great that such a nice, hard-working guy... Shut up. You're such a mark. I used to go easy on her. She is such a mark. She reports on guys depending on if she likes them or not. And I'm not suggesting anything untoward, not by any means, but if you're a nice guy and she perceives you as a friend, she puts you over. And that's ridiculous. Aditi, if you're listening, you need to be filled with hate like I am. That's where the money is. 412-333-WXDX. We want your Penguin thoughts. We want your Steeler thoughts. Uh, Right now, in case you missed it, in the first hour, I have taken great time. My producer, Tom, has taken great time. This took uh, hours and hours of preparation. We have prepared an audio tribute to Juju Smith-Schuster. Here now, I replay as he gets ready to depart. Here are Juju Smith-Schuster's career highlights as a Pittsburgh Steeler and Thank you, Juju. Here we go. Ball comes out. Smith Schuster coughed it up. Shotgun. Hodges. Hits his man. Juju Smith Schuster. The ball got lodged loose. Fight for it. The Ravens have it with Marlon Humphrey. What a play by Humphrey. He knocked the ball out and then goes after it for the recovery. There's some pressure from the Bengals. Roethlisberger, Juju Smith-Schuster is blown up. And the whistles blow. Von Bell not messing around. (laughs) Now, all you marks out there who love Juju so much, it's undeniable that. He fumbled away the game against New Orleans in 2018, and they missed the playoffs by one game. He fumbled away the win against Baltimore in 2019, and the Steelers missed the playoffs by one game. He fumbled away the game against Cincinnati last year, and that was a big part of the Steelers' downward momentum down the home stretch of the season. So you can tell me Juju's this nice guy and he's just a kid and we love him so much and he went to the prom and Corvette, Corvette, and he's just so cool. Most of the things you remember about Juju are when he effed up. Those three highlights I played, that's Juju's legacy in Pittsburgh. Fumble loss, fumble loss, fumble loss. See ya! Let's go to Dave in Cannonsburg. Dave, you're on with Double M. Hey, how you doing? Good. What uh, what do you make of the Steelers signing Ben Roethlisberger for uh, four years and he only wants to play one? 
Well, they did that to spread out his cap hit. They kicked, they kicked the can down the road a bit. Every team's doing it. Why shouldn't the Steelers? And they had to change his name from Roethlisberger. Yeah, goodbye. Cut you off. I should change your name to punch you in the faces, Burger. You, you know what? You know what's been recently because of my my disdain for Juju. I'm getting a lot of threats. Somebody try something. I've been on the radio for 25 years, and I get calls. Oh, I'll come down there and kick your ass. I get tweets. Oh, I'll kick your ass. Well, somebody try something. It's been 25 years. Are you really that chicken-hearted of a city? That you threaten and threaten and threaten? Somebody try something! 25 years you've threatened me! What, are you going to wait till I'm 70 and you can knock me off my walker? Hell, I'm nearly that feeble now, but I ain't scared. I should kick your ass, fat ass? Well, then try it! I should backhand you, fat ass? Well, then try it! Or we could take a selfie, like, what's his name? 412-333-WXDX. What do you think of my notion the Steelers should make an exception to their free agent rule and finagle the cap and sign this center from the Raiders, Rodney Hudson? I rarely suggest the Steelers doing anything I don't think they'll do, and this ain't their style, except, again, they made the one exception years ago for Jeff Harding, the center from Detroit. They brought him in because the hole existed, and he turned out to be a pretty good get. He did very well here in Pittsburgh. The Steelers value that center position more than most. That was in uh, 2001. Brought him in in 2000. No, I'm sorry, 2000. And uh, he was part of the Super Bowl winning team when they went to Detroit and won it for the bus. He was a valuable component. I'd take a look at Rodney Hudson. I'd consider the cap implications. Hopefully he comes cheap because, again... The Steelers value center more than any other team does, but that's what I would look at. But I don't think they will. It's not time to ask Mark anything. Let's go to the Hockey Night Show at 5.30. So right now, call and ask Mark anything. 412-333-WXDX. That number one more time is 412-333-WXDX. Looking for an electrician? Make the switch to CW Electrical Services. CWElectricalServices.com. This report is sponsored. Double M. Yeah? The X at 105.9. I'm not going to ask Mark anything. Now, 412-333-WXDX. Did I hear a radio commercial about the Toynbee idea? Resurrecting the dead on planet Jupiter? I'd love to know where that comes from. If anybody knows about the Toynbee tiles, these random tiles embedded with that idea in various spots all over the country and in South America, too. There used to be some here in Pittsburgh, but I don't think there still are. It would take too long to explain. Maybe I'll post a blog about it tomorrow. Uh, You know, it's funny. Now that all these Steelers are leaving, like Vince Williams got cut today and the free agents who left, you see all these tweets from teammates talking about all the great memories. And I know teammates are teammates, and they kind of have to do that when they bid farewell. But I ask generically to all those Steelers who posted about the great memories today, how many of those involved winning? Just putting that out there. Let's go to Bill in the car. Bill, you're on with Double F. Hi, Mark. How are you doing? Good. Hey, uh, I've watched hockey all my life. 
very, very interested in the sport. But there's one thing that I've always, always wondered. Uh, you always hear the announcers refer to the board, uh, like the puck being dumped into the half board. Where exactly is the half the board? The half board, exactly? you know where the face-off dots are on each end, the circles? Yep. Draw a line from board to board through the face-off dots in those circles. And the area along the boards where those lines meet the board is the half board. So it has nothing to do with the physical aspect of the board itself. It's just uh, No, no, not even remotely. It, it's basically halfway in and halfway out of the offensive zone, approximately. That's where the power play guy set up on the half wall, the half board. Let's go to John in McKeesport. John, ask Mark anything. Well, how are you doing today, buddy? Good, Mike. Hey, I got a question for you. What do you think could backfire on you and Juju stays here for lesser pay? What if he comes back and says, I'll take $5 million instead of the $12 million that everybody says I'm I don't think I'll he's going to do that. Are you asking me what I would do? I wouldn't care. He can do what he wants. I would torture him for the remainder of his stay here just like I have for the last time many years, although he doesn't notice. Okay, so I'm not trolling him. He's trolling you. Anything else? Good. Goodbye. Let's go to Mike in the truck. Mike, ask Mark anything. Mr. Madden, thank you for taking my call. Uh, if you're given a choice, ham barbecue or sloppy joe? Oh, that's easy. Ham barbecue. With, with Isley's you- ham and barbecue sauce, that's not even a choice, although I do like both, but I would take the ham barbecue. Can I ask a caveat? Go ahead. Ham barbecue or pulled pork? Pulled pork. But, but that's there's a gourmet difference there. Don't you agree just with the quality of the food? I would agree, and I would think if you would have my ham barbecue, which is homemade, by the way, you would go away from the Isleys. I do. I, I don't think so, but thank you for the call. Let's go to Nick in the truck. Nick, you're on with double M. Nothing like ham barbecue with some relish on it, too. I love that. I like it um, with pickles, too. That's a recent convert on my part with pickles along the bottom of the butt. Yeah, relish. Yeah, same thing, relish, obviously. But um, my question for you, and you kind of you know, had a better idea with getting the center from the Raiders. I really like Jamal Williams uh, from Green Bay, and I didn't know if there was a possibility for him. I don't know how expensive he would be. But I would love the Steelers to get him because he's a phenomenal back. But I think well, I don't know if he's uh, phenomenal, uh, Nick. He's a career backup, but he's only been in the league four years. He's only twenty-five. If the price was right, I think he's better than James Conner. I think he's better uh, than Benny Snell. I I think he's actually I think he's more than a career backup. To be honest with you, I mean he is phenomenal. But he you know he got unlucky. He had Jones who actually went after him in the draft, but you know obviously he. No, I would not have a problem with getting him at all. Is he available? Is he a free agent? He is going to be a free agent, at least from a day ago. Um, I would assume they would try to, you know, sign Jones before him. But, yes, he will be. They already signed Jones. They already retained him. you got to keep up. Let's go to Eric and Allison Park. Eric, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark, just a quick question. How many Super Bowls do you think the Steelers would have won if they would have drafted Dan Marino? I don't know. Let's go to Dan and Allison Park. Dan, you're on with Double M. Hi, Double M. Real quick. Uh, graduate at North Hills High School in 1980. God bless your mom. I had her for Thank speech you. class. Thank you. Um, real quick, UFO question. I know you're aficionado. Okay, so I think it was 1978, 1977, UFO concert, Stanley Theater. Opening act. It's a little fuzzy. 
Was it ACDC? That was in 1980. 1980. Yep. That was the, it was either 79 or 80. I was there, of course. That was the Strangers in the Night tour to promote UFO's live album. And I was shocked when I went in and bought a t-shirt. And Michael Schenker, the guitar player, was not on the t-shirt. It was Paul Chapman photoshopped in. Yes. And that was Schenker's final departure. Not final, but he didn't return again until 1995. By the way, that Dunsky who called a minute ago asking how many... Super Bowls the Steelers would have run had they drafted Dan Marino. I think they would have had a chance to win some Super Bowls in the 80s, maybe the 90s with Dan Marino, but he didn't win any in Miami. Maybe he would have been a better fit in Pittsburgh, but he set all those passing records in Miami. Sometimes a quarterback can do everything right and have a great Hall of Fame career and still not win. I think Dan Marino is the best quarterback ever. Better than Brady. But how can I say that and be right when he never won a Super Bowl, let alone seven? Up next, we got Stan Saver for the Hockey Night Show at 105.9 X. At iHeartRadio, International Women's Day continues all month. Hey guys, Amy Lee from Evanescence here. This is Taylor Momsen from The Pretty Reckless. Hey, this is... But, uh... Wait, what? The X at 105.9. Penguins with the second leg of a two-game home series against the Boston Bruins. Penguins win last night 4-1. to Joining me now to discuss... He is the godfather of the Pittsburgh sports media. He is Stan Saverin. Stan, welcome to the Hockey Night Show. How impressive was that win over Boston last night? I would say very impressive, except for the first 15 minutes when Tristan Jari saved the day. Uh, indeed. Um, they're the Bruins, and the Penguins have had difficulty with the Bruins, not just this year, but in past years as well, although not so much as home. And, and I do understand, Mark, the Bruins – haven't been playing well. Um, this is not the same Bruins team they saw earlier. They've had some issues. Uh, I expected the Bruins to come out strong because after they got shut out by the Rangers over the weekend, Bruce Cassidy really lit into them, and they responded. But you're right. Jerry kept them in there, as he did late in the hockey game. Um, and they, you know, they, the one thing about this team, they just stay with it. Um, very seldom do you see them fall apart. You know, the first couple of games against Philadelphia, but not so much. They just keep on doing what they do. Um, and that's still a very good Boston team. I do think, to be honest, um, maybe the outcome is different if Tuka Rask is in goal. Um, you know, Halak, uh, I wish he'd have been that way in 2010, uh, which he was not. Um, but it's a very impressive win. They're a quality hockey team. Um, I don't know about tonight, but I, I would not want to be playing Boston in the near future. Um, I think they're that good. And frankly, um, I think the Penguins um, have the capability to be as good as they've been for even more than the last six games. You know, they, they've been pretty good for about the last 15 or 16. Chris Letang has a lot of critics out there, Stan, but it's time to give him credit. I said earlier he's been their best player during these last 10 games. Not their best defenseman, but their best player, period. Uh, he has really this game. Uh, Mark, I'd say for this extended period of time, it's the best he has played um, until he got hurt and had to sit out the rest of the 2017 season in the playoffs. Um, his decision-making is much better. Um, he, you know, his, the choices that he's making, um, it's never been a matter of talent or skill with him. It's all about uh, you know, picking the right spots. Um, uh, offensively, you know, he's been outstanding. But 
But defensively, uh, positionally, he's been sound. Um, he's using more than his legs, which are some really smart plays in the defensive zone. Um, I agree. And I also think that we probably have to say, not totally, but to some degree, being reunited with Brian Dumoulin has elevated Latang's game. I think it's elevated the top six's game, uh, about, uh, excuse me, the defenseman's game, because now they're playing with the players they should be playing with and playing the amount of minutes that they should be playing now that Dumoulin's back. And he, this is the best he's looked since before he got hurt uh, when he got his ankles torn up. We talk about Jari a lot, but last night was the first night I felt like he's really turned a corner. He started bad. He's been playing better. Last night he stole the game. By my count, he's done that maybe twice this year. Uh, I really think that the last four or five games, um, he's, he's begun to show that. That may have been his best last night, um, although he was pretty good in, in, in one of the games over the weekend um, in, in in a tight 2 nothing hockey game. Um, it ends up being 3 nothing. but let's face it, that's a one nothing game for almost the entirety until the last two minutes. And I realize it was Buffalo, but still, he was awfully good in that game. He's, I, I think um, you pointed out he's much less tentative. Um, he's much more athletic, and that's his game. He's very athletic, and you notice it in his stick handling. When he is feeling confident and good about his game, he's out there handling the puck, which obviously is a big help to his defenseman. Has Geno turned a corner? Because he's productive now, 12 points in eight games, and really, Stan, that's all that matters. Uh, last night, Sid had three points, Geno two, and even though they're you know in their mid-30s now, that's still the formula for winning. That's the way they're built. I mean, that the whole thing is built around that. The whole thing is built around they have something that other teams do not, and that is two highly skilled generational players. You may be able to defend one line. You can't defend both. Um, I think Malkin more than turned a corner. Uh, I mean, I, I think he's speeding down the highway now. Um, he just has that old burst. Um, when he's on the ice recently, you can't take your eyes off of him. Uh, maybe that's just the old classic eye test. But there were long stretches of time early this season. You know, you looked and say, did he even play tonight? Uh, did he even dress? Um, and that's, of course, a step too far. But, I mean, he wasn't noticeable. Now, whenever he's on the ice, you know, you just, you just perk up. Uh, you know, something's liable to happen at any minute. Um, you know, we'll, maybe we'll never know what it was. Maybe partially due to playing with uh, Kapanen. Um, I think it's more of uh, Geno. I mean, I think just Geno had to turn it on himself. You and I discussed this. You know, they're always trying to find mates for him. First problem is Malkin fixing Malkin. The rest of it will fall in place. And thankfully for the Penguins, it has. Has the power play turned a corner? They scored on the power play last night. That's PPGs in three consecutive games and three for eight in that span. And it's no mystery to me, Stan. They're actually shooting the puck with the man advantage. Yeah, what a shocking development that is. Um, who would ever, what a concept. Who would ever thought that? Um, the thing about them is, is that they still have some stretches where they just look totally disjointed. Now, I realize that Boston's the number one penalty killing unit of the NHL. So you always have to factor that in. But did they, sometimes they have stretches where they just look like, you know, it, it's back in early January again. Um, but I mean, there's, there's just no question. Um, and I, maybe it's, maybe it's Malkin. Um, I think we're seeing more movement on the power play. You know, that's what they wanted to do all along. 
They wanted to create a lot more movement than they've been getting in the past, and I think we're beginning to see that. And I think the power play goal they got the other night that Malkin scored, I think that's a classic example of that. Can Rodriguez stay on Gino's line? Right now it's Gino, Capitan, and and uh, Rodriguez. And he's generally a bottom six, but his speed helps. And if he can stay there and produce even reasonably, Stan, it creates depth further down the depth chart. It does. I mean, I don't think he can lose either way. Um, I'm, you know, I, I don't know if they said anything about McCann. It seems to me the more natural fit. And I, I think Ed Rodriguez has done a good job. We talked about this last week. Um, one of the reasons for their resurgence, he's a good, solid hockey player. Um, I actually think that they're better with McCann up there with Malkin and Rodriguez than really elevates a fourth line that's beginning to gain traction. Um, I really thought that the fourth line, they weren't on the score sheet uh, last night against Buffalo, uh, against um, Boston, but I, I thought that they played a significant role. I thought Sevier um, had his best game, not just because he made that one nice offensive move. He was more noticeable. I think Angelo, um, I, I think he belongs. And I think it's especially important for uh, a team when they're playing a group like Boston because every other team that they're competing with for a playoff spot is a heavier team. It's a physical team. Washington, Philly, even the Islanders, certainly Boston. And if you have that fourth line that can throw their weight around just a little bit, at least to sort of mitigate the advantage that those heavier teams like Boston have, I think that becomes even more important. But back to your original question, if McCann's available, if not tonight, when he is, and let's remember something, McCann was really playing well on Malkin's left wing with Kapanen. Um, a couple of really nice goals. Uh, I would put McCann back up with, with Malkin, and I put Ed uh, Rodriguez on the fourth line, not as a demotion, but I think that he fits very well there. I mean, I think he's probably a better option than Sevier. Um, and, and, you know, you keep Angelo there, and, and that's the way I play it. I keep Rodriguez on the left side, and I would put Angelo on his natural right side, and for right now, anyway, Jankowski in the middle. Yeah, I think Jankowski stinks. I agree with you about Angelo. Um, I like McCann on the fourth line as the center, but I agree he played well on Malkin's line going to the net. I just don't want to have to play Sevior or uh, Jankowski. If you can avoid doing that, I think you can put together four pretty good lines. Now, the Penguins play Boston again tonight. And what's wrong with the Bruins? You touched on that a bit earlier. You said that Halak sucked last night. He's usually a Penguin killer. But I think the big problem with Boston is they can't score. It's amazing. I mean, 71 goals in, 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 on the season stand, that's, that's, that's chicken feed to this point. Yeah, it really is. I, I, I think basically, um, you know, people were worried about their defense because they lost, you know, uh, guys off their blue line. Um, and, and actually, Halak uh, was a little bit shaky, certainly on the Rodriguez goal. And I thought about calling the Crosby goal a softy, which it was. But we've seen Sid score from there too often to describe that as a soft goal. Um, uh, but really, up until this point, Halak had been really good. Goals against 2.07. He's the beneficiary of that system. I think, Mark, the problem with the Bruins is, if you want to call it a problem, and I think it is, they're a one-line hockey club uh, in terms of offense. They're a one-line hockey uh, club. That line might be the best line in hockey. Uh, now that Pasternak's back with, with uh, uh, Marshand and, and um, uh, Bergeron, 
but they don't have anything below that. Uh, and no matter how great one line is, it's just not going to be enough to carry your team, especially if you're not getting much offense from your defensemen. Stan, is the East Division confusing you? Because it's confusing me. I thought Boston and Philadelphia would fight for first place. Instead, they're fighting for the last playoff spot. Instead of three teams fighting for two spots with Boston and Philly pulling away, it's like five pounds of sugar for a four-pound bag. Anybody could be left out. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I still think, um, look, every team's going to go through a funk. Every team is going to go through a bad time. Boston is going through theirs. I still think, I, I thought they would win the division. I thought that before it started. Um, I certainly thought that when they were in first place. I still think that Cream will rise to the top. I think they're better than, than the Islanders. Um, I, I think they're better than Washington. Uh, I think Washington right now, they've got a winning streak going. Uh, but that was coming off a cold streak. I mean, I think they've got their issues. Um, I, I don't see a true powerhouse. Um, and I don't know if there is one in the league, frankly. Uh, I still think Boston will rise to the top. I think they're that good, certainly when they get Rask back. I think he's the best goaltender in the division. Uh, I think Philly was overrated from the get-go. Maybe we overreacted because of the way. Oh, they and Stan, their was... goaltending is killing them. It was supposed to be their right. strength with Carter Hart. He sucks. Uh, Hart gave up four last night, even though they won the game in overtime. Um, his goals against is way over three. His save percentage is below 900, you know, where Jari was, but now he's above 900. Um, you know, the, the backup is, is nothing to write. Uh, home uh, Elliot played fairly well against the Penguins. Uh, no, I, I think, you know, they, they put all their stock in Carter Hart. Um, sometimes it takes goaltenders a while to arrive. Uh, I, I think that, you know, we overrated them. Uh, I didn't. Um, I thought the Penguins were at least as good as them. And I, I still think that the Capitals, and maybe people will say this about the Penguins, I think the Capitals are on the downside of the mountain. I mean, I, I think that they're, I wouldn't say a shadow of what they once were, but they're certainly not what they were when they were contending for the Cup and, and won it. Um, I mean, I think that they're, they're old. Um, uh, I, I think that their better players have gotten older. And I think that their goaltending um, is, is, you know, questionable. Uh, I, I think Rask is, you know, the best, again, the best goaltender in the division. And frankly, if Jari keeps playing like that, um, as far as the tandem, I would put the Penguins tandem uh, of goaltending right behind Boston's. Stan, great stuff. We'll talk on your show Thursday. All right, Mark. Thanks very much. That's Stan Saverin, the Godfather. The Hockey Night Show is brought to us by Duncan. Pittsburgh runs on Duncan. Right now it's time to ask Mark anything but only about hockey. Hockey calls only. Dial 412-333-WXDX. It's the Hockey Night Show. Penguins and Bruins. Hear all the action tonight right here on the X. It's Abby on the X at 105.9. Music in the morning. Music in the morning. Weekday morning, 6 till 10. 105.9. Yeah? The X at 105.9. I locked myself out of my house today. I was loading stuff into my car, and I shut the door before I realized my keys were in the house. So uh, Paulette, who, who cleans my house, had to come and let me in because she has a key. Very nice of her to do that. And it, my cat can be so cute sometimes, even though she's the devil. I was sitting on my stoop waiting for Paulette to come. And the cat came to the window of the door, and she wanted me to come in so bad to give her attention. And she's scratching at the window and making this real sad face because I'm outside and I can't get in. Or she's inside, she can't get out, although she shows no interest ever in getting out. Uh, it's time to talk hockey. 
here on the Hockey Night Show, brought to you by Duncan. Pittsburgh runs on Duncan. Let's go to Tommy at work. Tommy, you're on with Double M. What up, man? What up, man? Hey, got a quick question for you on Gino. I just wanted to know from your thoughts, where does he need to be at? What do you want to see from him right now to kind of push over that hump and kind of be where we expect him I to be? I think he's playing he's- just terrific right now. I mean, I think as long as Sid and Gino average a point per game on the season, there's nothing much to complain about, although they need to stack points up once in a while like they did last night when Sid had three and Gino had two because that's what decides games. If you get a point per game every game, that would be consistent, one heck of a point streak, but you need to stack up points if you're a star to win games. It's like the power play. The Penguins have scored one power play goal in each of the last three games, and that does some good, but you need to get two or three in a game sometimes because that's what wins games. No, I agree. I agree, and I think it's one of those things, you see it every year, there's always three cycles with Gino. It's a, oh my God, Gino can't play, he should be on the fourth line, he should be a healthy scratch, or hey, he didn't suck, or oh my God. Eh, goodbye, nobody thinks he should be scratched ever or on the fourth line ever. You just need good guys to play good. You need your stars to be stars, and right now Sid, Gino, and Latang are doing exactly that. Although I still maintain, as I wrote in my blog for today, which you can check at the X website, I think Latang's their best player right now. He's certainly the most impactful player because he plays 25, 26 minutes most games. He is ripping it up right now. He is a juggernaut after admittedly a bad start to the season, just like Malkin and Jari. You know, when the Penguins didn't dig themselves a hole, when those three guys were all struggling, maybe that was the turning point of the season that we didn't realize. Let's go to Bill in the car. Bill, real quick. You're on with Mark. Hey, what up, Mark? Thanks. Uh, on a delayed offsides call, it seems like the offensive team seldom tries to touch the puck. They just let the defensive team gain possession of it and take it to the neutral zone. Right. Wouldn't a better strategy be to touch it up and get a face-off where you at least have a chance? Well, you could be called for intentional offsides then, and the putt, the draw could be brought back all the way into your end. Which could be detrimental for the Penguins in their face-off record. Oh, any face-off could be detrimental to the Penguins given their face-off record. All right, good show, everybody. Up next, the Penguins Network pregame show, and after that, Penguins and Bruins. Hear all the action right here on 105.9 The X. What if you made the rules? You'd probably make ice cream mandatory for breakfast. Maybe you'd decide mullets were fashionable again. 